<laughs> you know, I was thinking about what to do for this intro uh-huh. our, of our next hundred episodes. Yeah. Um, and it was more just trying to decide, like, are we going to change anything up? Are we are we going to decide to do anything differently? And I guess you made I did. a decision. I did. <laughs> You're going to say, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. I'm now. old. It's been 84 years. It's been 84 fucking years. Yeah. Um, Our grandparents now. Yeah, I think uh, we recorded last in like January 3rd or some shit. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact date. Like, it was supposed to be Christmas. Yeah, but it was then supposed it to be Christmas and then it wasn't. And then um, before I even got <laughs> to edit that motherfucker, <laughs> the show was happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I quickly lost my will to do anything other than that. Because <laughs> yeah, because it was a beast of a show. It was absolutely a beast. We both um, did very depressing shows, but they, very they were, differently depressing shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Depressing for different reasons, mm-hmm. Yeah, but still um, demanding emotionally and yeah. um, exhausting shows. Um, they're done now. We're mm-hmm. very proud of our work, but we get to just leave that behind yep. us. Yep. Isn't that nice? Yep. There was also a live show Sayonara. that gets left behind us now. That's nice. We get to look forward. Asta lasagna. Things have calmed down in our lives a little bit in a nice way, um, and we're getting back at it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, we're getting back at it in a really fucked up way, though, because oh. you want to tell them what we've hey, got? Hey, so, all right. <laughs> so we were like, you know what? We need to record, but we want it to be quick. Like, we don't want this to be another two to three hour endeavor mm-hmm. of magnitude. So we're just going to try and do like an hour up. So basically mm-hmm. just a power hour. Power hour. And what else comes with a power hour in Wisconsin but booze? Yep. So I pulled out all of the booze that I have in the apartment. And then Taylor brought more tequila and moonshine. Little jars of moonshine. And I put it all on the table along with a couple mixers that I had on hand. Yep. Um, and I put it all into a random generator. <laughs> Guys. I said it as a joke, and then Taylor's like, let's do it. <laughs> the thing is, it was a good joke and a good idea. So there's two categories of alcohol and one category of mixer, right? Yeah. And all of that gets randomized. Yep. And that is going to decide our drink. Yep. So, all right. Let's do it. I'm spinning for the first alcohol. I want whatever that sound effect was from before, though, because I'll... Oh, it's I'll, in my computer. I'll just end Hold up adding on. it. You can just send it to me. I will yeah. fucking use yeah. it. And <laughs> your first bit is butterscotch moonshine. Why does it like the moonshine so know. much? I don't fucking know. We did a test run, guys, and it chose both moonshines. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, ma- it picked cherry vodka. <laughs> oh, cherry vodka and butter. You know what? There's something Dr. Peppery about that. Like, I yeah. feel like we could make yeah. those things work. And then you get... It better be Coke. Ginger beer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? We're doing it. We have to. These are the rules. All right. All right. So, so you got the butterscotch, boomshine, uh-huh. cherry vodka, and ginger beer. Okay. I'm into that. Are you doing a different one for yourself? Yeah. I love this. Do it. Okay. Right. You motherfucker. Oh, my God. What is it? <sighs> Nanner put in moonshine. Oh no. Diet Coke. Okay. What's the other alcohol? Emily. <laughs> Tequila. 
<laughs> I was literally thinking like the two worst oh. things that could be are gin and tequila. It almost did the do Empress Do you want gin. to re-roll your nanner pudding? I kind of do. I, I will allow that okay. given that you are not interested in that flavor whatsoever. I am not. It's also like got a creamy texture yeah. which could really fuck up some stuff. Oh, right? Yep. And the pink lemonade vodka. That's fine. I mean, it's not good, but it is about as bad as mine, I'll guess. Let's do this. Okay. Are we All gonna right. pause? Yeah. Let's All right. um let's let's harp noise. Let's Let, early harp noise. Early harp noise and make our drinks. <laughs> All right, and we're back. We have made our drinks. We are both looking at each other with so much just fear. I'm so scared. Um, so I will I'll go first since I was rolled first. This is as a reminder, um, Cherry UV, by the way, Cherry Bomb, <laughs> and um, uh, Butterscotch Moonshine, mm-hmm. and Gosling's Ginger Beer. Yeah. The only kind they have in our stores. Yep. So it doesn't not fuck is the thing. Like, the Butterscotch <laughs> comes through really heavy. I mean, it's moonshine. Right. But, like, then it's also, like, it's not too syrupy because it's cut by the gingeriness. Mm. And I don't actually get a ton of the cherry, although it is giving 100% of the color of this drink right now. (laughs) It's all pink. Okay. Okay. Maybe on the back end there, I'm getting the Robitussin. Okay. There it is. There (laughs) There it it is. (laughs) All right. And then I had the um, tequila and the pink lemonade vodka, because that sounds like a great combo with Diet Coke. If you had gotten regular vodka and tequila and Diet Coke, I would have been pissed that it was too nice. Yeah. (laughs) I would have re-rolled one of them. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Is it? Oh, it's weird. Is it strangely tangy? Like a fruity tangy? Yeah. That's not and what it, you associate like, with Coke. Burns one nostril just a little bit. Do you get any tequila? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was your tequila a heavy pour? It might have been. <laughs> I, <laughs> my God. Well, this is what we've done to ourselves. Yeah. Shall we? Okay. Begin? Yeah. Episode 101. Y'all thought we might just give up, move away. <laughs> we fair. did not. It's fair. It's my turn to go first. Hey. I was I was last on the 100th. So- Again, didn't get around to that one until like a couple days ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember it very clearly. Yeah. So listen, on odds you go first, on yeah. evens I go first. I love that. I'm it's not a much easier it. way to remember it. <laughs> it is great. It is a great way to remember it, Em. I'm not going to. I'm going to mix up the words in my mind. Look, I'm going to write it down. Thank you. Let's get to it. I wish I could say I made different choices or that I am different for this 100 episodes, but I'm on top of my own McBullshit right now. Wow. I'm completely on it. Wow. This I went totally different. Really? Yeah. That's exciting. I just can't help myself. These are some of my faves. I know. Um, so, mountain, plane crash? Actually, no. Trapped? No. Cannibalism? N- mm, we gotta get <laughs> back there. You know, we haven't done cannibalism in a while. We Arctic? haven't done cults in a while. We haven't done cults in a while. Ooh. I have a great cult one. So do I. Let's fuck each other up Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about the Banshaw Dam failure of 1975. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1958... The Chinese Communist Party embarked on a campaign they called the Great Leap Forward. Oh, communism. 
Yeah. It was also known as the second five-year plan. They Every five years, they just come out with, like, a new, like, this is what we're going to do for the country in the next five years. They're on, like, I don't even know, bro. It's it, They're still doing it. Hmm. <laughs> they're on, like, 15 or something. Yeah. So this plan, this particular one, the second one, focused on a lot of different things, but mainly industrializing China which was still largely agrarian outside of the cities at this point. Not a very unified, centralized country. Yeah, Very big extremes. Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge country. There's a lot of different... Doesn't speak to communism. Yeah. There's a lot of different cultures that communism is attempting to make into one thing. Yeah. Um, their goal was to surpass the industrial output of the United Kingdom within 15 years. They weren't even looking at America. Look at where they are now. <laughs> like... By that point, they were just trying to beat out the UK. Yeah, that's fair. Um, one of the projects undertaken was part of as part of the Great Leap Forward was to build a series of dams along the country's many, many rivers. They mm. have so many fucking rivers yeah. in that country. Over a hundred dams. Grow so well there. Yeah. It's a very wet country. It is. It's true. They get they get hit mm-hmm. with, as we'll talk about, typhoons and shit. Mm-hmm. Um over a hundred dams were built in a two-year period. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. In an effort to create more small reservoirs for irrigation and to tame some of the larger riv- rivers, which were pl- prone to flooding. Makes sense. We do that shit all the time. There are dams everywhere. There's lots of things we do to mitigate flooding yeah. and all that. Doesn't always work, but we yeah, do try. We try. Construction on the Banchow Dam began in early 1950s it was built on the Ru river which is an offshoot of the large hong the yellow river Mm. um i mean yeah and everything is like an offshoot of the giant yangtze river Mm -hmm. so they all just kind of flow into each other um yes so um this was part of a larger project to harness the power of the hong river Mm. um as with many of the dams at that time the ban chow was made of packed dirt with a, a clay core. That's like, that's a lot of dams. We picture, I picture anyway, a dam that's like a concrete monstrosity. Yeah. yeah. Like the Hoover. Yeah, yeah. That's, we weren't doing that. No. This was the 50s and also China. <laughs> and also a lot of dams aren't made that way. <laughs> oh, this is scary. Yeah. So after, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so after the Banchow Dam was completed, cracks almost immediately began to form in it. Yeah. So in the it's late weird 50- how when you make something out of dirt to hold back water. Well, they also made it fast and they made it, you know, with cheap labor and like they were doing everything yeah. at the time to yeah. industrialize. It's the same shit we did. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like 150 years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Not enough oversight. Yeah. Very fast building. Awful work conditions. Subpar materials. Yeah. It's bad. Um. So after it was completed and the cracks started to form, in the late 1950s, they, they did some repairs and some upgrades. Um, they were done according to Soviet specifications, because at that point it was kind of like, our Soviet brethren will show us the way. Um, oh, guys. <laughs> the result was called the Iron Dam, oh. which sounds a lot to me like the unsinkable ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so fucking arrogant. Yeah. Oh, you know karma has to come along. Yeah. So the dam was built to withstand a 1,000-year flood. Oh. 
That's what we call it when we mean like a flooding event that is only supposed to happen once every thousand years. Yeah. They talk about those here where like, like a couple hundred year flood. We have a lot yeah. of hundred year floods here. Yeah. Because they're no longer Which, that. Yeah. Global warming. Um, It's weird what it does to things that are supposed to happen every hundred years. Uh-huh. I mean, we were feeling its effects even, you know, decades before this yeah. and yep. and still just sort of calling things like, oh, freak events. Like, mm. no. <laughs> unprecedented if you're really supposed to have them every hundred years you wouldn't have them every three years (laughs) it's weird yeah Um, a thousand fucking year flood yes like like a catastrophic event is what these things were supposed to withstand specifically Uh the banchow Uh it was the biggest dam in the area Uh so there were still issues Mm. the reservoir created by the dam so it's like the the reservoir of water that builds up behind the dam that is let go strategically they sort of let water loose from the dam in a strategic way um it was built more with more focus on retaining the water than letting it go um and it was to be used by surrounding farms for irrigation there are two reasons to build a dam it's for the irrigation thing but it's also to like control water flow right so when you're not caring super much about the water flow part it can be an issue um there was a man named chen jing uh he was the chief engineer on all of the dam projects and he suggested um lots of sluice gates which are just like literally guillotine style gates that open and close that let water through Mm. they're simple he wanted 12 for the ben chow dam um they said you can have five we would like to retain the water, if you recall, sir. And he's like, you can't retain all the water. It's a bad idea because we need the water to move on because flooding mitigation is part of this. You build a dam to stop flooding. So can I please make the water go? And he, they said no. So they install five. Chen Jing, along with several other scientists involved in the dam project, also warned that too many dams could raise the water table overall, just just generally yeah which would be bad for flooding it's why beaver dams are bad (laughs) yeah that's why yeah we can't just like let beavers do whatever they want unfortunately no matter how hard they try yeah so chen was labeled a right-wing opportunist oh god who was not in favor of helping china rise to the great heights it was capable of and he was not heeded so the rain begins on august 5th 1975 so it's been about a little over 20 years hmm. that this dam has okay. been doing okay. Okay. It's typhoon season. Typhoons are hurricanes, by the way. They just call them that over there. Yeah. Um, two typhoons have already hammered parts of China by this point because it's been hurricane season for a few no- months now. This is the third one. It's Typhoon Nina. And it it moves inland where uh, at the time meteorologists thought it would dissipate. Instead, it uh, strengthens and parks itself on top of China's Henan province. And um, it just brings the most intense fucking rainfall you've ever heard of for three whole days. Oh, fuck. (laughs) The first day alone, um, just an FYI, listeners, I'm going to say a lot of numbers. I'm going to try to put them in a context so that they're understandable, but there's a lot of numbers. (laughs) Um... The first day alone, 106 centimeters of rain fell in 24 hours, which is the equivalent of 41.7 inches. That is a lot. 41 inches of rain. We fucking shit bricks when three inches falls over here. So so here's the thing. So when we get that freak out for those three inches of rain, Uh our streets already flood. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Our sewers back up and yeah. shit. Yeah, it's bad. This is bad. Oh. I mean, there's not like streets in the same. No, way. but like still, it's still. It so doesn't all go into the ground. Nope, it's so bad. Not that fucking fast. Absolutely not. The ground cannot soak up no. that amount of rain at all. No. <laughs> like generally, and like that would immediately raise the rivers meters. Yeah, like so for for an understanding of how much that is, that is usually the amount of rainfall that area of the world sees in one year, and it happened in one day. And in the Henan province, after that day, two more days of rain. So it just doesn't stop. Now it should come as no surprise uh, that I have very little in the way of a firsthand account of this. Yeah. I, I usually, I really like to come at this from the lens of one single person or a few different people. This is communist China. Yeah. There's no reports. No. <laughs> like, there, there's no freedom of the press. There are no firsthand survivor accounts. No one is on fucking Chinese 60 Minutes. Yeah. The fact that there was even information out about this, mm-hmm. that they didn't lock that down. Well, I'll talk about, like, what kind of happened with that. But, yes, it's true. Like, the fact that we know about it at all is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. So I do have some quotes, but it's not like, I don't know most people's names. Yeah. And, and I don't have, like, one account from beginning to end. So, um... I do know a few things uh, from various sources that, that includes this quote. This is a quote from the official record, supposedly from a survivor. Quote, When the rain continued, the days were like nights, as rain fell like arrows. The mountains were covered all over by dead sparrows after the rain. Oh. It rained so hard it killed birds trying to fly. <laughs> like, Poor guys. I know. Sad guys. They don't know. The Banshao Dam... And its five sluice gates and its three separate discharge areas is able to discharge at maximum. I told you there'd be numbers. 3,000 cubic meters of water per second. That is a lot. That's pretty good. Um, Think about 3,000 cubic meters of water leaving the dam every second. But on day one of the rains, the big rain, 7,500 cubic meters of water entered the dam every second. So it is not getting rid of as much water as it is retaining already. Over the same these same three days, communication in the affected area is largely knocked out. I mean, it's it's piercing birds out of the sky. It's absolutely destroying all communication methods. There's no phone. No. <laughs> um. So uh, the last message that staff at the dam were able to get out was on August sixth. That was the second lightest day of rain. So, like, the bad day comes, the second day comes, it's a little lighter. They get a telegraphed message out asking, can we please open everything up on the dam again and let out some more water uh, while while the rains are lighter? And um, they were denied because there was already too much water on the other end of the dam. Things were flooding. So they said no. The next morning on August 7th, somebody sent word that actually, yes, yes, you can. Now you may open the floodgates and they did not receive that message so on the third day the rain the rain ramped up significantly other smaller dams upstream of the Banchow had already failed oh good yep and with the pickup in rain this means that now there were 13,000 cubic meters of water entering the dam every second that's twice as much as before and recall that it can only get rid of 3,000 Good, good. Yeah. So every second, it's gaining 10,000 cubic meters of water. Fuck. 
Remember how I said that the Banshaw Dam was rated for a thousand-year flooding event? Yeah. This was, after the fact, rated as a 2,000-year event. This is only supposed to happen every two millennia. And it happened 20 years after this fucking dam was built. Oh, my God. The walls of the Banshaw Dam were 117.6 meters high. That's pretty high. Yeah. But around 1.30 a.m., on August 8th, 1975, the water behind the dam crested over the wall and began spilling. It crested it by a foot. It was like a lot. And, and it began spilling over the side of the dam. Now, as the banchow is made of dirt, that's bad. Because once the water crested over it, the soil begins eroding away and rushing away with the water Mm -hmm. so every single second there is more and more water released and more and more dirt washed away until the whole fucking thing is gone the entire dam opens up and millions of cubic meters of water millions of so much fucking billions of gallons of water trill i don't even know i didn't look up gallons because that was boggling my mind already Water, it's unleashed onto the countryside. One reporter writing it under the pseudonym, so mm. they had to write under a pseudonym to get this story out, of uh, Yi Si, reported later that survivors recall hearing a woman scream, the river dragon has come, just before the dam broke and unleashed everything down upon them. At its peak, the outflow rate from the busted dam was just over 78,000 cubic meters per second or for us americans uh two million seven hundred and sixty thousand cubic feet per second of water (laughs) have fun with that and your brain space no i don't want no it's so bad i don't want that thank you take it back remember when i talked about like a lot of molasses or beer yeah yeah (laughs) this is so much more than that Mm -hmm. um another quote that i cannot attribute to anyone um, the blare of the dam burst sounded like the sky collapsing and the earth was cracking. Houses and trees disappeared in an instant. Numerous corpses and bodies of cattle floated in water oh. amid people wailing for help. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And also sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Ugh, the worst thing in the world. Just seven miles south of the dam was the small. This is not the light. Is the small village of Dawen Cheng. And everybody in that village was asleep. Uh-oh. Those communications issues, they had impeded most of the surrounding area from receiving any warning about the floods and evacuating as they normally would have. Only one town in the entire county received a warning, which had to be delivered to them in person. That town is the only one who knew. And this happened again at 1.30 in the morning. Um, so 9,600 people lived in Daowenching. They are unaware of the danger as tens of millions of gallons of water rockets toward them in waves as high as 33 feet. No. Yep. No. Fucked up. No. Fanned out as wide as seven miles. And go. And moving at 30 miles an hour. It's it's like a billion cars <laughs> coming at you. Ugh. The town was leveled. It was completely decimated. Yeah. There there was not one single survivor. No. Nobody. 9,600 people. Yeah. 
A little further downstream, another dam smaller than the Banchow broke and unleashed even more water Great. into the area. Great. Just another cool yeah. mill. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And from there, many smaller ones, like a tragic fucked up domino effect, um, broke. All told, 64 dams broke that night. I didn't hear of like more towns as tragic as Daoenshing. I I'm pretty sure that most other places at least had some survivors, but like we're talking less than 50% in a lot of places. People could not get to higher ground fast enough. They didn't know. This is a quote from a survivor named I actually know her name, Wai Shizeng. She was a child at the time. I was looking for rope to help get my parents onto the roof of the house. But as soon as my father tied the rope to the roof, the floodwaters rushed into our house and snapped the thick rope like a thread. Unfortunately, all I have is that quote. I don't really know what happened to her parents. Oh, Clearly yeah. she survived, but you gotta hope her parents did as well. In a 2010 CCTV documentary that I could not find, one survivor said, quote, I didn't know where I was. Just floating around in the water, screams and cries ringing in my ears. Suddenly, all the voices died down, leaving me in deadly silence. By 7 a.m., the breach of the Banshao Dam was complete. And on, um, basically, one million cubic meters of earth had been washed downstream, which also caused a bunch of mudslides in addition to the flooding. It's fine. So, there are no pictures of the Banshao Dam before the flood but this is one after if you want to see oh my god it's like well you can see where the, the where a dam the, used yeah, to be it used to be uh-huh. and now it's just a big old river oh god um real fucked up real fucked up so this is the aftermath it was real bad yes real bad all of it this isn't the light either fuck do you so, have a light no i don't i no I don't, have, I don't really have one. <laughs> Sorry, this one's actually lightless. I completely didn't even think about it that way, but it's not great. Sorry. Um, I also don't have a light. Great. So, okay. Good. <laughs> Fabulous. Back on our McBullshit, man. Mm. After Banshaw broke, eventually Typhoon Nina began to dissipate and the rain subsided, and the floodwaters began to very slowly recede. Yeah. Most, in a lot of places, they're just stagnant. There's nowhere to recede to. All told, the affected area was about 10,000 square kilometers. Over 10 million people were displaced from their homes. Th okay, just think about China real quick. Even before everyone was in cities and before the industrialization, they had more people per square mile yeah. than, than a lot of places. And there's so many people that were displaced by this. It's nuts. Three million acres of farmland was destroyed. The number of deaths from the flooding alone varies super wildly. I saw 26,000 listed in multiple places. People. Mm -hmm. Crazy a number. But the official Chinese government report from a decade later puts the number at 85,000. Who just died in the flood. It Just immediately. Survivors huddled together on top of roofs and on rare spots of land high enough to remain dry. The water around them was, of course, undrinkable poison. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because I'm sure it was poison before it even reached them. It's all full of bad dirt and now it's stagnant. Yep. 
And also, it's full of corpses now. <laughs> there was very little to eat that was not immediately contaminated. Rescue attempts began immediately while the Chinese government, like you said, worked to keep the entire disaster under wraps. Mm. Normal shit. Because they didn't do anything wrong. No. world uh, cannot know. We cannot reduce the glory of China. No. <laughs> if you look at news coverage at the time, there is no mention of the Manchow Dam. There were no international travelers in the area who witnessed the disaster, so no one spoke to the press internationally either. That's the only way things would have gotten out. Nobody in the world knew this fucking happened. Roads had been washed out all over the, the affected area, and in some places, huge landslides had changed the entire landscape. There's nothing. There's no cars getting in there. There's no emergency vehicles getting in. Eventually, they begin to airdrop food to survivors as they airlift people out as fast as they can. It is estimated, however, that 50 to 60% of the food dropped landed in the water mm. and was either unreachable or contaminated. Cool, cool, cool. Fine. Everything's fine. There were so many people in need of rescue, and it was such slow going that 10 days later, there were 1.1 million people still trapped. I can't even fathom that. My brain... My American brain, uh, like thinking of an American disaster in which 10 days later, a million Americans are trapped somewhere and we haven't gotten them out. Unthinkable. Crazy. Some attribute this to the government's unwillingness to call for enough help, given that they were pretending it hadn't happened. Yep. Um, but it was also just like technologically, geographically super challenging to figure out how to how to get these people out. When it would have taken days for help to arrive. Oh, absolutely. Even to get there. And then, like, how many people can you load onto one helicopter? Because you've got to use those, right? They Something that doesn't need to land, mm -hmm. necessarily. Like, yeah, it's it's slow going. Um, unfortunately, uh, so because it's so slow going, these people, they're out there for 10 days, two weeks, however long. People are starving. Yeah. They're succumbing to thirst. Or maybe even worse, they are drinking the water and they're getting dysentery and cholera and typhoid and a bunch of other things that come from bad water. Many more people died in the aftermath of the flood than in the flood itself, unfortunately, which really, really sucks. Um, the total death toll for the disaster, so that includes the people who died during and after. It's not easy to actually know for sure, obviously, with this thing like this. Um, but it's estimated to be around 230,000 people. Again, a completely unthinkable number. Like, batshit insane. That makes the Banchow Dam failure the deadliest structural failure in history. And would, no one knows about it. <laughs> and yes, I am even including the most wild estimate scientists have ever made about the number of people who have died or will die from Chernobyl. This is more deadly than that. The wildest estimate for Chernobyl is 60,000 people, and that's way higher than, like, the WHO. <laughs> so. My brain hurts. I know. It, it's a lot of numbers, but it, and it's also just, like, how do you even think about our entire country mobilized over 3,000 deaths? It was, like, you know, when 9-11, like, when that happened, it was unthinkable. It was awful. It was crazy. Everyone was so upset. Imagine being in a country where 230,000 people die and, like, how you 
even internalize the trauma of that. Yeah. I mean, like, if you look at countries that have faced genocide, they're still getting through it. Right. And it's it's the pictures of the piles upon piles upon piles of bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And I, I mean, <laughs> there's probably people like, COVID. I'm <laughs> like, yes. It's and it's it is and it isn't different because mm-hmm. it's still an unthinkable number of people have died in this country alone if you really right. think about it. But there's not piles and piles and piles of bodies. It wasn't no. one single event. No, in one single place. Yeah. and I think that makes it. But feel... it still had a failure of government. Yeah, in managing it. Yeah, up front. Yes, I think it, there are a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. and then there's just the the widespreadness of it spreads it out. Instead of just look, you can look at one day and one event. Yeah. You have to look, unfortunately, at two whole years. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. If they had taken, if everything that happened countrywide had happened, like, only on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Over, had, maybe a plague wiped out everybody in three days or something. Yeah. That would be unthinkably. Yeah. Like, no one, I don't even know how anyone would process I mean, that. even when the numbers were skyrocketing at first and we, like, crested over 50,000, everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God. There's only also so much your brain can intake as far as, like, the, the traumaticness of that. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, I'm sure you'll find, like, most people in China didn't know about this for mm-hmm. quite a while. And yeah. some probably still do not. Like, it depends on how much only state, like, approved stuff they're consuming. <laughs> the, the government did eventually admit to this, but it's not they, that they fucking talk yeah. about it a lot, you know? I think there comes a point where it's like all it takes is one bored reporter digging through yeah. a few different things and stumbling across something like this. Yes. There's actually forcing the government to acknowledge, oh yeah, that happened. But like it's fine. It's probably fine or whatever. It's probably fine. We didn't kill all those people. It wasn't our fault. No. Um <laughs> We didn't tell the people who knew what they were doing no. Right. It was actually interesting that there were um, there were four scientists who had sort of been a part of the dam project in the 50s who had risen in the ranks to being like pretty high up officials by 1987. And these scientists probably at this point had access to censored files. Um, and they they created a report about the incident based on these files. That's what people believe. Otherwise, how do they know this stuff? Um, and so they, they told this story. And then two years later, probably being forced the government itself issued a report of the damn failure and the response that's where we get some of these numbers that's where we get some of these quotes from is literally just what they say and if what they say happened is fucking horrific like maybe it was even worse yeah it probably was (laughs) like awful right at the very least i will say like like I said, to this day, it is believed that the majority of Chinese citizens are largely unaware of at least of the scope and scale of this tragedy. They probably are not aware of the real like numbers of it. Um, and China has they have recently begun another big dam building boom. Isn't that oh, fun? Great. As just as a part of the next great. five year plan. It's fine. It's fine. Emily, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Officials have spoken publicly about not repeating the mistakes of the past about providing more oversight, about using better paid labor and better materials and having, you know, more safety restrictions. But things do not appear to be perfect, even now. 
multiple dissenters came out against the construction of, people may have heard of this, the Three Gorges Dam, which is over the Yangtze River. So it's the biggest river they have, and it is the largest power generator in the world, this dam. Huge. Now, this is a concrete boy. But there were over 100 instances of corruption surrounding this project. I'm shocked. Uh, yeah, so um, the same scientists who came out against, like, the Three Gorges are comparing it to Bangchow. So they're like, just please don't let what happened happen again. Um, and we can only hope that they have learned enough and nothing will happen. Meanwhile, many of the dams built during the Great Leap Forward are aging and in constant need of updating and repair. So, like, any of them could fail just due to being old at any time because they were built in the 50s. Just like a lot of the shit that we have. We built all our shit in the 50s, too. It's all really old. Oh, God. Emily just absolutely downed that drink. It was all tequila at the bottom. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Baby. I gotta down this. So that's the story. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's really depressing. Yeah. The bottom of that cup just summed up everything I feel about this story. Sounds about right. That was heartbreaking. It is. It's really disturbing. I just, um, I was watching a video with Jake and somebody brought this up and I was like, a disaster, you say? Man-made, you say? Oh, no. A flood, you say? Oh. oh shit. <laughs> I need to do this. And, you know, and I decided to. And I and then I found, of course, that there really aren't that many survivor stories, which yeah. was disappointing. Yeah. But I still think it's important and not a lot of people know about it. When I search, there's only two other podcasts who have ever done this story. So, yeah. And I think, you know, that's something we can look at in the next hundred episodes because we do try and have a survivor but i think if there's an incident where people did survive that deserves to be talked about yeah i just like to be able to frame it because that's what the podcast is yeah. frame it in the survivor way as much as possible but I, i'd like i think calling attention to it and the lack of information as well mm-hmm. and the lack of acknowledgement is also important yeah so, i'm yeah. upset yeah, sorry about that. Um, do you want a harp noise? Are we going to do the generator again, or what is happening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll so. harp noise. Oh, and we're back. We got a new generator. It did bad things. It did very bad things. So what I have is um, more fucking cherry UV, because <laughs> I can't escape it. Sprite and Empress Gin, which is that weird gin you see on TikTok that is purple. The pea flower. Pea flower, yeah. It's purple and then you put acid in it and it turns pink. Yeah. It's like that. I also had the Empress Gin because this generator likes the Empress Gin. Apparently. And it decided caramel vodka. It sure did. With the Empress Gin and Sprite. It smells like ass. Sounds so bad. (laughs) <laughs> I'm scared. Honestly, um, yeah. Also, I'm, I'm, I think yours is gonna be worse than mine. I think I got a flight on the gin, and I, I think, I think honestly that mine will be okay. Let's see, let's see, and dink it from very far away. No, no, ew. The Robitussin is brought out by the sprite, whereas it was suppressed by the ginger beer. <laughs> So what's happening in your mouth? Whole face, please. Not good things. 
and shit. There was moonshine left, right? The butterscotch. Yeah. Yeah, give me that. Yeah. Just, just give me that. Okay. These are cute, They're tiny so, little baby jars. So fucking cute, dude. Tiny little jars of flavored moonshine, y'all. Adorable. Whoop. Hell yeah. All right, Caramel I just dumped it into mine. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fucking fab, All my right. dude. I just wish it had been Coke. That would have been the better <sighs> mixer. Just sitting on the top. I'm sure it is. It's <laughs> just. I have an Sitting ombre there. drink right now. Uh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Mm. So, it's been a while since. It's been a while. We talked about us being nowhere people. Oh yeah. And it's funny that you talked about water. Oh God. <laughs> because I also have a water story. Really. And. Specifically why, you know, we as nowhere people don't go into rivers or lagoons, especially ones that have connections to oceans or salt water. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Because, yeah, murky rivers have the same energy as, for me at least, looking into like the deep end of the swimming pool when you have an overactive imagination. I don't know if there's a bull shark or a giant fish with a lot of teeth or a hippo or a snake or a really pissed off bird or a whale, or an alligator, or a crocodile. You know? It's weird how you ended on that one. Yeah. Crocodiles, you say. Great. Huh. Interesting. It's fascinating that you should bring that up. Oh, yeah. I brought it up. So yep, That's how that works. Let's start <laughs> with some fun facts about crocodiles. Oh, f- please and thank you. So crocodiles are semi-aquatic and live in wetland areas, such as freshwater rivers or lakes. Or they can also live in saltwater. Oh. We have saltwater crocodiles that are huge and very scary. Sounds like it. I don't like alligators or crocodiles. Not big on the snappy snappy. All the things in the water that could bite me. That's not it. Yet you love a hippo. I do. Hippo kill you way faster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the odds of me crossing paths with a hippo less in this area that's yeah. true crocodile you can go to most well a lot of parts of the south and get there yeah you can find I've one. seen alligators yeah is it alligators there or crocodiles i Both. never know okay <laughs> fuck crocodiles have a lifespan anywhere between 35 to 75 years that's a long time and vary considerably in size so anywhere from 4.9 feet and weighing about 40 to 71 pounds that's a little guy or 23 feet, such as the saltwater crocodile. That's a really big guy. Weighing anywhere from 2,200 to 2,600 pounds. That's too big. Yeah. It's like sharks. My brain can't process how big. <laughs> right. And then you see the videos of people with, like, the crocodiles in captivity and, like, at the zoos doing the feedings, and they're fucking huge. And my brain just doesn't, it doesn't work. It does not compute no. <laughs> so crocodiles are carnivores, but oh, a recent study has shown that they also occasionally enjoy fruit. Huh. And that it's deliberately consumed in large quantities. Really? Yeah. So if they've got fruit, they'll eat a ton yeah. of it. Maybe they just need the nutrients. Maybe. Or they just want to change from, you know, flesh. Constant flesh, yeah. Now, the jaws of a crocodile are relatively weak 
in terms of being able to hold them open. Huh. So that's why you can still hold it closed with like rubber band or tape. Oh, sure. But once it's closed down on you, mm-hmm. it can apply about 5,000 pounds of pressure per square inch, which is the strongest bite of any animal in the world. Oh, my God. Comparison. So we know, technically speaking, a human can bite a finger off. Yes. Yeah. Our brain stops us. Yep. But a human's jaw can produce up to 100 pounds of pressure per square inch. Sounds like a lot. Reminder, crocodile, 5,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. That's a lot. A oh crocodile's bite is 10 times more powerful than that of a great white shark. Oh, my God. Yep. I didn't know that. Now, a lot of people say easy way to tell the difference between a crocodile and an alligator is the size of the snout. Mm. No fucking lie technically like some of them but it's not as distinct as people make it out to be different species of because there's like a certain type of crocodile that has a really narrow i've seen those but they're really narrow and then they get like a little bit bulbous at the end they look stupid as fuck yeah (laughs) but otherwise like it's still like a little wide and the the big difference when a crocodile closes its mouth, all the teeth are visible, as the oh. upper and lower jaw are the same width. Oh. Whereas when an alligator bites down, you can't see their teeth because their jaw does special things. They have like human-y spaces for teeth where things go. Wow. Yeah. They have cheeks. Yeah. They have cheeks all along a very big mouth. Yeah. Okay. That's actually useful. I've yeah. never known how to tell the difference. Yeah. Crocodiles are also more aggressive <laughs> and larger and stronger than alligators. Fair. So it's one of those funny things where everyone thinks alligators are the really scary thing in the water, but it's really... You should be scared of crocodiles. Yeah. yeah. You should. You should be scared I of am. crocodiles. No, I Like, am. I guess you should also be a little concerned about alligators, but crocodiles will fuck you straight up. I'm very afraid of both. Now, crocodiles are also extremely fast in the water. And can swim at about 22 miles per hour. <sighs> they use their tails. Sure. Why do they have And then their feet are like little rudders. <laughs> so, yeah, they just like... I'm starting... I understand the <laughs> gif you sent me now. Yeah. I said I was on oh, yeah. my way and Emily just sends me this <laughs> gif. Hilarious. Like, I literally laughed in the car. Um, of a... An alligator? I think that one's a crocodile. A crocodile? Because everyone was like, wow, they're so scary. And then you see them floating underwater. Just like poised, sort of sitting up almost with its yeah. limbs all splayed in different directions, just yeah. drifting across the It's the, the one camera. where it's the, the crocodile snout above the water with just its eyes looking menacing. And then it's just all four feet out with its tail going. <laughs> Much less scary that way. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so crocodiles can belly run. And oh, we've sure. seen like... If you've seen a video of a crocodile or an alligator running it, they look very stupid. They do, but can't they move sort of surprisingly fast? That's a myth. Really? Yeah. It's a common myth that crocodiles can run fast on land. Huh. So they can run, belly run, up to 11 miles per hour per short distances, but they tire out easily. Sure. They're sprinters. Yeah. That's still kind of fast. But (laughs) we can run faster than a crocodile. Sure. If you're that scared... And we have way more endurance. We do. We just got to, you know, make shit. it past that initial burst. Right. Um, they can hold their breath underwater for more than an hour. That's a lot. It's a lot. Dang. And worldwide, crocodiles are estimated to kill about a thousand humans per year. It's more than sharks by a lot. Yep. 
We go up to crocodiles. Yeah. Now that I've given you all this information about crocodiles. Thanks. Let's go on to our story. Oh, God. Has nothing to do with it. No, it doesn't. Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> and this was just about an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just fun facts with Emily. <laughs> Something I'm going to start to do. <laughs> Please don't. So, our story begins with Ginger Fay Meadows. She's a 24-year-old part-time actress from Snowmass Village in Colorado. Nice. And decided to take a holiday in Australia in 1987. Um, she'd become fascinated with Australia after watching Crocodile Dundee. Shut up. And needed <laughs> to get away from her marriage that had gone sour. Okay. Yeah, sure. So she attended the 1987 America's Cup held near Perth. Mm. And it's said that she was very, very charismatic, free spirit, easily made friends, and ended up making friends with someone who was working on the Lady G, which mm. is a 108-foot luxury yacht oh. that was taking a trip to a very well-known, majestic, beautiful waterfall known as King's Cascade. This is why extroverts get all the good shit, you know? She just made friends with somebody yeah. on a fucking yacht. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on board was the captain, Bruce Fitzpatrick, the chef, um, who was one of those quick friends she made, Jane Perchette, engineer Steve Hilton, and Madeline Janes, who was the stewardess. And they went on a three-hour tour, and they all ended up on an island. And one of these people... Like, including Ginger. So if we go Ginger, Bruce, Jane, Steve, and Madeline. Her name's literally Ginger. Yes. Yes. <laughs> will not survive. Oh. Oh. So Sunday, March 29th, 1987, they made it to the waterfall. So they anchored near the mouth of the Prince Regent River on the north coast of Kimberley which is about 250 kilometers northeast of Derby for anyone familiar with Australia. Hmm. This river is known for its magnificent freshwater wa freshwater waterfall. Mm. That is hard to say. Freshwater waterfall. Freshwater waterfall. <laughs> and also its large population of saltwater crocodiles. Remember mm. how I said I hate saltwater crocodiles yeah. specifically? Because they're the biggest and they're the scariest. Yeah. I don't, I don't like this. So they docked the yacht... Like, they parked it. I don't know. Boats. They dropped anchor. You know how you do a boat. Yeah. Make they went not move no more. And then they got the smaller boat. And they took the smaller boat to go up to the waterfall. Because it's this, like, multi-tiered, whole-ass thing. And it's very fancy and it's very beautiful. But... There's no signs or anything at, like saying, hey, don't go in the water. Great. So there's a pool below the waterfall, as often there is. Sure. Water got to go somewhere. Yeah. So it's this semi-steep like circle of rocky hills with trees and plant life. And it's very lush and it's beautiful I'm and it's rugged. I'm thinking picturesque. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like this is a tourist destination. There are brochures for this waterfall. And there are pictures in the brochures that's important of people swimming in the pool beneath sure. the waterfall. Yeah. So people would, would likely think that that's a thing that's cool to do. Right. <laughs> so 1120 a.m. March 29th. Uh -huh. 
Ginger and Gilligan and her new friend Jane decided <laughs> to cool off and swim to the left side of the Cascades, where they all had then planned on climbing the rocks to explore the top of the falls. Uh-huh. Now, like I said, they they knew there were warnings about crocodiles. Bruce had also mentioned it, but they felt safe because there were pictures in the brochure of people swimming in this particular area. Sure. So they're like, yeah, there are crocodiles, but not yeah. in and there. And there's no warning signs posted, and if this is a big tourist attraction... You would fucking think. You would think. Absolutely. So... Bruce brought the boat right up to the falls, and they all climbed on the ledge to start to explore. Um, Bruce then took the boat upriver, where he took some photos, and then was looking back at the group against the cliff. He then came back, <laughs> found it tied up the boat. That's ah. the note that I had. I knew I put the term in there. Nice. At the base of the waterfall, and then he began to climb that 30-meter um, cliff face. Oh, wow. Because okay. like, the others were like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Ginger and Jane... We're like, yeah, we can climb with you. When Ginger realized she'd forgotten her camera, so she went back to the boat to get Vital it. Vital stuff. And Jane went with her. Yeah. So after retrieving the camera, the two women swam back across the pool towards the rock ledge. And unfortunately, when Bruce looked back down, he saw a large saltwater crocodile slowly moving towards them. Oh, no. Oh, my God. About 10 to 13 feet long. Holy shit. So one of the bigger guys, maybe not the biggest, but yeah. not a Bigger, tiny... and I'll get to that, because okay. I have the survivability rate based on crocodile size. Oh, I, I love that someone did the numbers on that. Yes. Great. And it's drastic. Ooh. So Bruce yelled down to them, crocodile, get out of the water, get out of the water. But they I thought he saw it. Fucking nowhere to go. Oh, You're at the base of a waterfall. In a lagoon with a boat tied up over there. And the crocodiles between As they're and... trying to get back to the base. Oh. And the crocodiles behind them. Oh. So they got onto a ledge. They were about waist deep with their back against the rock of the waterfall. And the crocodile was about 15 feet away. Um, in an interview, Jane said... Ginger was holding onto my arm. I screamed as loud as I could to scare off the crocodile and took my shoe off and threw it. I think I hit the crocodile. It stopped and looked disconcerted as though it had lost its bearings. Ginger looked at me and said, what do we do now? Anthropomorphizing a little bit. I'm sure that it didn't fucking feel your flip-flop all that much. No. (laughs) So decision has to be made. Do they Uh stay or do they try and do go? Yeah. And I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Truly, no. I mean, I mean, I think like, I'd want to. would you try go- and get somewhere? Yeah. Or. Or do you stay where you are? Because I think with things like that, it's like either you can make those two choices and for different animals, one is the right choice. Like perfectly still might be the right choice for another animal. I bet not a crocodile. But if you move, if you try to run, does it just come after you and it's way faster? Like, yeah, I don't know what I would do either. Holy shit. So Jane wanted to stay. And she was about to say, I don't know. Let's just let's stay here. Ginger had already let go of her arm and was like, I'm going to swim, swim to the bank. Oh. Which was... About 25 yards away, which I think when I did the math was about 80 feet. Mm. Now, I did 
a lot of Google searches and research, Michael Phelps can swim at about six miles per hour. And that's sure. Michael Phelps. Yeah. Normal human can swim about two miles per hour. Sure. Because it's not about speed. It's endurance. Mm-hmm. So she tried. Ugh. Quote. She only got a few feet. I was thinking, why, oh, why did she do that? And then it happened. Ugh. So... With the sudden movement, the crocodile was drawn to that. Yeah. And unfortunately, it did kill Ginger. Oh. Um, it grabbed her at about the hips and then dragged her below the water and then resurfaced and then dragged her down again. And this is not the light. Mm. Because there's, no, there's no light. I'm sorry. <laughs> But this is absolutely not the light. Ginger, per Jane, was still alive when it brought her back up. Oh, God. And she was, like, reaching out, trying to get help. Mm -hmm. Jane said, she looked at me as though to say, what's happening? It brought her back up to the surface three times. And the final time, she was dead. So Bruce was also up. On the cliff face. Oh my god, yeah. Watching this happen. Right. And then the crocodile went down and Jane didn't see her again. She didn't see Ginger's body again. She didn't see the crocodile. Nothing. Just still. So they were able to get Jane out. God. And this was, unfortunately, the day before Ginger's birthday. Oh. So two days later, a search team did find and recover Ginger's body. I'm glad they found it. It had been stored by the crocodile. Really? For mm-hmm. later? Mm-hmm. Nasty. Yeah. It's going to rot, dude. And unfortunately, when they were removing Ginger's body, another crocodile tried to attack the body bag. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's probably just easy pickings. Like, yeah. Like, know that one's already dead. There's yep. wounds. Like, yeah. go for it. So. Still. Ugh. A lot of people, because this article, like, a lot of articles were published about this back in, like, 2012, 2011. And people were just fucking ruthless in the comments. And saying that, like, Jane sacrificed Ginger. <sighs> and, like, this never would have happened. And just, like, guys. Just people who don't know anything about the actual right. situation. Like, so, meanwhile, there's people who had to witness this and right. who probably see it every time they close their eyes. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. And there were some people in the comments like, guys, I literally watched the interviews with Bruce and with Jane. It's, no. If somebody had pushed somebody off, that would have been commented on. Yeah, that's insane. I was, like, like thinking in my dumb little true crime brain, like... How did they I prove know. that they didn't just bring her out there and kill her? I know. She was a new woman no. in their group. Like, but they found her body. They found her stored body. Stored by a crocodile. Like, Missing it's pretty arms. easy. Yeah. yeah. So, studies have found the chance of an average person of about 165 pounds surviving an attack by a 10-foot crocodile was high. Hmm. Around four out of five attacks were survivable. Okay. But the probability of surviving an attack by a 13-foot crocodile 
and higher was low at about one out of five. Three feet makes all the difference, huh? It does. I imagine like how big their mouths are is a right. part of it. And how like much that bite force and the death rolls. Yeah. How much of you can they get right. in one huge chomp? And, and it how like powerful. got her up to the hips. God damn. So some tips for surviving a croc attack. Do not encounter one. That is literally <laughs> the first tip. It's like, know where you're going. Avoid. <laughs> if there are crocs in the water, do not go in the fucking water. Just don't. Don't tempt it could be fate. Anywhere. There, there's not a point where they might not go. You know, if they're there, they're there. That's because their water. The other stories that I've found, because I had another one of like, yeah, we survived, technically. <laughs> And, like, this shit of, like, well, we knew it was there, but we still went in. It's like, well, then you did something dumb. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, Don't. buddy, you're not invincible. Don't you're, tempt fate. You're just rich. Crocodiles <laughs> are aggressive. Yeah. And very territorial. We are not in, like, depending on where you're from, you're not used to aggressive animals. No. We don't have that. No. <laughs> like, we, we have animals we have tamed. And those are the ones we keep around I mean, we have us. Canadian geese. Yeah. Those but are like, the meanest thing we have. Those are the meanest things we have. And they're small and annoying, and yeah. that's most of it. Yeah. We don't have, like, moose right. down here or, like, anything of that size or nature. So, first step, don't be a nowhere person. That's okay. It's okay Agreed. to be a nowhere person. It's fine, actually. It's nice. If you fall into the water where a crocodile lives, remain calm. Splashing around or shouting attracts the attention of crocodiles and may incite them to attack. So Jane probably shouldn't have shouted. Right. And then Ginger jumping into the water and trying to swim. Yeah. So it says to swim or wade to the shore as quickly, quietly, and calmly as you can. Preferably staying below the water surface to avoid splashing. Sure, sure. If you do get it and you can reach it, unless you're me with short fucking arms, go for the eyes. Sure. That's um, probably the only vulnerable part of them. They're all covered in scales. Right. Stephen Marine um, is an Australian who survived a crocodile attack. Mm. He was pulled into the water and he managed to jab the crocodile in the eyes and it let him go and he was able to swim away. Dang. So poke, fight. Yeah. Grab whatever you can do. Um, there's also um, the palatal valve, which is the flap of skin that covers the back of a croc's throat. Ooh. Striking at that valve repeatedly will get water in and it will start to drown the crocodile. Whoa. All right. If possible, you know, stay away from its jaws <laughs> because while their jaws are weak for opening... Once it's locked down, it's it's not letting you go. Right. There's nothing um, you can... You're no. not strong enough. And then it's going to death roll, which if... I don't know why anyone wouldn't be familiar with the death roll of can... like an alligator or a crocodile, but if you are, once it bites down on its prey, it then drags it under the water and then like spins. Yeah. It puts you through a wash cycle of <laughs> death. And it, like, tosses you around, and it's trying to get you into the right position to then swallow you. Mm -hmm. If you're small enough. Otherwise, it's just literally trying to kill you. So, the tip for that is 
when it's like shaking you around, it's trying to tip its head back to slide you down. Ugh. If you can get your arm, if like first you have to hold your fucking breath, just go limp. If you can relax, it's like the car accident of like the more relaxed you are, the less damage your body's gonna go through. Sure. And then you have to like put your arm down its throat. Don't recommend it. I don't recommend that. Yeah. But like, you like hope the you're main, in the right position. Yeah. You know? That's the main hard. thing is like just relax and take a breath. But also look for your moment to jab its eyes. <laughs> right. Right. Good um, lord. Yeah. Uh and scream. Not that anybody can fucking save you, but they might try. Yeah. <laughs> and it's saying that crocodiles are risk averse opportunistic carnivores. Sure. They like to ambush. As and they can as... go up to a year without eating for the bigger ones. Whoa. Because they just, like snakes, they right. eat one big yeah. meal and then they digest yeah. it slowly. Yeah. Cool. So other people arriving might spook it off. Sure. That's fair. So and I guess that is a good idea. Yeah. So, I mean, if but if you're, al- if you're alone. <laughs> don't mean, be alone where there's alligators be, and crocodiles. Oh, just if, please don't. If it charges you on land run and this specifically i was looking at it i'm like well i wonder and this answered it for me don't serpentine really just run in a straight fucking line serpentine is for bullets yeah (laughs) not for (laughs) crocodiles well shit em yeah so that's that well i'm sad jane did survive yes i'm sad for ginger i'm glad for jane i hope that she has found some peace because i'm sure that that was a very traumatic thing to try to get through especially when people on the internet are being real dicks yeah there's some light there always because that's the point right is like there's survivors of this people made it through yeah but it it's it's pretty yeah (laughs) and i couldn't find any follow-up with jane or anything because it's just it wasn't there she did an interview when she was older but that's where the quotes were from yeah other than that there's there's no information I mean, I get it. We've talked about that before. Like, some people survive stuff, and then they don't want to fucking talk about it to the yeah. press, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Well, thank you. Hey, we did our 101th episode. <laughs> Good for us. sound like you have a lisp. I'm almost done. I'm almost? <laughs> With this very terrible drink. <laughs> I am not. Well, you better drink that. Because here I am. Well, okay. Full, I, yeah. full of well, cherry UV. To the brim, Emily. Okay. I'm 80% okay. cherry UV right now, and I okay. fucking hate cherry UV. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for our, our 1T1 <laughs> episode <laughs> of the uh-oh feeling. I'll, I'll say who you shouldn't be like. Chinese government in 1950. Don't be. You could have just left it at Chinese government. I know. Generally speaking, probably not great. It's not like they've made only bad decisions, but like, you know, it's not it's not good with the with the damn building. I can at least speak to that now. It was not good with the damn building. They didn't do it great. Um, a lot of people died. It was really terrible. Um, I'm sure there were people who helped each other through that. Be like them. Don't yeah. be like the Chinese government. And you know what? I would say be like 
ginger up to the point of trying to outswim a crocodile. She was having an adventure. Right. She was having a There's great a, time. Have adventures. Adventures are important. Adventures remind you that you're alive. We understand that is nowhere, people. This seems weird for us, but we're not into it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> you I go. support you going. Yes. Just, and she made great friends. Right. And like, they went to see a beautiful thing. Right. A this once wasn't in a like lifetime. A, like human trafficking or kidnapping story. This was like, she was having a very good time. Mm-hmm. It's just, if. The thing says there might be crocodiles in the water. Maybe don't go swimming. Yeah. She made one bad decision. Because right. honestly, even beyond getting in the water or anything or getting near the water, she tried to run and that time flight was not the right response. Right. And, that's and we don't know that it. they would have survived it pressed up against the rock wall. Yeah. We don't Yeah, We don't know. It's true. Maybe, J- maybe Jane only got away because right. Ginger died. Right. Which is so upsetting. Right. So it's hard to know. But like, yeah, I think you're right. She was being a brave and an interesting person leading an interesting life. Absolutely. Good for her. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I I hope that you have a wonderful March. And uh, just remember, no matter what, never, ever, ever forget your can of water. Water! It had to be water. It was water this time. It was water this time. It it was all water. This episode was all water. Water all the way down. Yeah. (laughs) 